You are listening to the One Life Podcast by Stena Fitness, where we share our tips, journey, and failings to help you maximize your one life. Welcome to the One Life Podcast, episode number two. Tonight, we're talking about questions we get as vegetarian athletes. And this podcast is not going to be telling you what to eat or how to eat. It's just us answering the questions we get as, as vegetarian athletes. And we want to share that with you. And hopefully you can find some some takeaways to incorporate into your life uh, to help feel better and, and be faster. So, Julie, first off, as always, what are we drinking tonight? Oh, tonight we're drinking <laughs> a very special blend of macadamia nut and almond milk that was brought over by our neighbor. And it's been infused with Christmas spices and it's warmed. So it's very nice, and I think it will be go really nice in our coffee in the morning. Yes, it's one of those things I'm excited to wake up for my espresso. And and not to brag, but I will. Our one neighbor bakes us cakes quite frequently, and the other one gives us random uh, drinks like this and baking. So and we, she's we, planning to make brownies next week, and she just had to confirm if we ate eggs or not. So. So not, I guess we're those weird neighbors. <laughs> we're not moving anytime soon, let's put it that way. But but to get to it. So Julie, when did you first become a veggie? So I clearly remember this day, this moment actually. So we were on an Air Canada flight on our way to Australia where we spent a glorious year. So this was back in 2009. And I had my last bite of chicken it was air canada chicken as i was reading a book on becoming vegan so this was a vegan book and we are not vegan we're vegetarian we did try the vegan and we can get into that in another podcast but we have landed on being vegetarian and very strict since 2009 i have not had a bite of bacon like people always ask (laughs) don't you miss bacon do not miss bacon one bit yeah, but now we're not getting Air Canada's a sponsor because you just called out their chicken on and the sing, the millions of people listening to this. They have really <laughs> actually not too bad vegetarian food. Yes. No, so you have to order order vegan when you're flying. Don't order vegetarian. It's not as good. You'll get pasta and cheese. Uh, and I followed soon after. I kept fish for a long time, uh, but now I'm fully veggie. And even before, I was maybe having fish six times or so a year, um, but I've I guess I've lost the taste for it, you could say. So I'm I'm a full vegetarian athlete now. Uh, so Julie, question one, and this is the question we get a lot, um, and I mean a lot. Where do you get the protein from, Julie? So we, yeah, we do. This is one question I get a lot. Aren't you hungry? Where do you get your protein? So first of all, I would say stay away from faux meat and processed foods. A lot of those have protein, but they're oftentimes a really poor source of genetically processed, genetically modified soy. So we tend to stay away from those. So we like to focus on getting our protein. For example, for breakfast, we would have oatmeal, which has protein, eggs, nut butter, uh, chia, Shakeology, so that's a great shake that has quite a bit of protein in it. And for lunch, again, usually we have something with beans or eggs. Like today we had some chana masala with chickpeas, and you can have green peas. Edamames are really great to add to any kind of sauce or pasta that you're making. And lentils as well. So 
A couple lentils is about 130 grams of protein, so you can easily throw that into your pasta sauce and it kind of acts like a faux meat, I would say. Also hemp, quinoa is really good for protein and mushrooms as well. So also something that's overlooked is that a lot of vegetables have protein already in them. So you don't necessarily have to add protein. So broccoli, spinach, potatoes, those are all great sources of protein for you to have. So I'll just circle back to the faux meat that I was talking about. So those are things like like fake bologna that you can put in sandwiches, like veggie ground round, uh, veggie meat, dogs. Beyond meat burgers. Oh yeah, beyond meat burgers. All those kinds of processed foods that are... They're created to kind of look like meat and taste like meat. So those are good transition foods. I know a lot of people like they're looking for those comfort foods that they're usually eating. So they reach for those processed foods. So those faux meats, they can be good when you're switching over. But we don't eat any of those. I mean, we tried the Beyond Burger once and that was it. What else? Oh, we sometimes we'll have a veggie dog in the summer because, I mean, you need to have some kind of fun. And I, we're not saying they're good, but they're fun. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with, with having them for, for a treat, right? But what we're saying is, you know, if you look at the nutritional content of the foods Julie listed versus the, the full meats and, and processed, you know, something like mushrooms and broccoli, spinach, potatoes are going to have a, a much healthier protein source than, than that processed and we I didn't mention tofu I don't think. So when you're when you're eating tofu or when you're buying tofu always buy organic if you can because tofu is very highly processed with a lot of pesticides and can be genetically modified. So always make sure that it's non-GMO and organic when you're buying tofu. And we generally limit a two servings per week of tofu in our family. That's not a decision based on research or anything, but we've just kind of had that rule. Okay, this brings us to our second question. Is it a lot of work to be a vegetarian? I would say no. To eat properly with variety for health, uh, regardless of your diet, you need to plan. And eating vegetarians really know no different. So how we do it is, and we would do it the same if we're vegetarian or not, is every week we make our meal plan and we shop based on that plan. That way we just address any protein issues in our meal planning and shopping, and we don't need to think about it during during the week. And we're at the point now where it's second nature. Um, you know, we don't need to make a specific point of adding protein to, to a meal because the, it's already incorporated into it. Um, and so for example, if we're having pasta, and whether you're a vegetarian or not, it's always the question of how do I get protein into pasta? So all we do is we add lentils to the sauce. And as Julie already said, a cup of lentils, you know, you're getting more than enough protein. So that's an easy way to add it and, and you won't notice it and certainly your kids won't notice it either. The other thing with salad is, you know, you can roast pumpkin seeds to add to it. You can add some grilled tofu. You can add some tempeh. You can do a hard-boiled egg on the side. There's all types of things when you start thinking about it. It's very easy to add uh, protein to any meal. It's just, you know, doing that meal planning and shopping based on that meal plan. Okay, the other piece to that is it's really important to have a fully stocked freezer and pantry. So if you're ever in a jam, you don't know what to eat, you just open up the freezer, you can have frozen chickpeas and lentils and black beans. Those are kind of our three staples that we keep in the freezer. And we cook them in huge batches in the Instant Pot. So ever since the 
invention of the Instant Pot, our life has become so much easier. So if you're thinking of becoming vegetarian, I highly recommend the Instant Pot for rice and the beans just alone. We used to boil them on the stove for hours and hours, it seemed like. So having those the beans in the freezer, that's a super helpful piece of information to have. Uh, you can have seeds and nuts as well, so you can just easily reach for those when you need some more protein. So third question and final one, Julie, is it more expensive? I get this question a lot too because we do, for us, we do tend to purchase quite a few specialty food items that are kind of vegetarian or not so much vegetarian, but more health conscious. For example, like grass fed ghee, we will use when cooking eggs and that can be quite expensive. We only use a tiny bit. So getting back to the question, it can be actually quite cost effective. So the the vegetarian proteins are a lot more cost effective than meat proteins. So if you measure them gram per gram, you're going to get a lot more bang for your buck with veggie protein. So lentils and beans, those are very, very cost effective, super cheap to buy. You can buy in bulk even, and then you can cook them up. And sorry to cut you off, but even organic tofu is a cost effective protein source. Yeah, it's not expensive at all. I mean, if you compare, I just, I was in the checkout at Co-op the other day and I looked over and this guy was buying a big thing of beef and I think it said $75 on there. And I was buying a little container of tofu which was maybe $4. So if you consider that, that's a that's a big difference right there. But in saying that, we do consume a lot more fruits and vegetables. And that's not because we're vegetarian. That's just because that's what we choose to eat. So fruits and vegetables can be more expensive. They are expensive. Um, so we do we do tend to spend most of our money on fresh fruits and veg. You can also get really healthy vegetables and fruits frozen so they're yeah. they're picked at the peak of their ripeness and frozen and they're usually pretty cost effective to purchase so you can choose either conventional or organic totally up to you if you're wanting to go more organic but you're worried about the cost you can't you can't decide if you want to buy everything organic just google the dirty dozen you'll get the 12 most dirty fruits and vegetables out there that are recommended to buy organic and then also the clean 15. So clean 15 are the 15 cleanest fruits and veggies, for example, oranges and pineapples, anything that has a thick peel on it. So the closer you eat to the natural state of the fruit or veggie, the more cost effective it's going to be. For example, if you buy a lentil burger, it's going to be way more expensive than just buying the lentils and making the burger yourself. Yeah, so I think like a lot of nutrition, you can be as expensive or not as you want. And like Julie said, one of the keys is to really try and eat as close to the natural state as you can. Um, and I think that's going to save you a lot of, of money. And, and as you transition into it or as you're just trying to eat more vegetarian or, or plant-based, I guess, is the 2020 catchphrase for it. You know, you're probably going to treat yourself a bit more and try some of the more processed things. There's nothing wrong with that. But just recognize if you do want to eat more vegetarian, as you start making more of your own food and eating closer to the source, that cost is going to come down. Uh, so anything else uh, everyone should be aware of if they're looking to eat more plant-based, Julie? 
Uh, just make sure that you're taking a really high quality B complex. So something with at least a thousand milligrams of B12. So once a week, you have to consume at least a thousand milligrams of B12. If you take too much, you'll just pee it out. Don't worry about that. Secondly, a really high source good quality vitamin D. I won't give you recommend recommendations on the IUs for that. You can look that up for yourself. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> and we don't take calcium. I know some vegetarians take calcium, non-vegetarians take calcium. So we we feel like we get enough calcium from our fresh fruits and vegetables and that it's greatly absorbed. So we do not supplement with calcium. So the, basically the only supplements we take are a super high quality B-complex and vitamin D. If you're looking for specific meal ideas or recipes or even really great baking recipes, please follow me on Instagram at Julie Stenner and Kevin on Instagram as well at KSten81. And that's K-S-T-E-N-81. And if you have any questions for us on the podcast or about being... Uh, more plant-based or if you want a specific meal or recipe idea you can email us at stennerfitness at gmail.com and i'll make sure that address is in the show notes uh, but now for everyone's favorite time fail of the week i had a lot of fails this week uh i'm not going to lie my biggest fail and this happens pretty much every year around this time is i love cookies all year round and i'm quite disciplined all year round but come Christmas, cook, come Christmas time, I cannot stay away from the cookie dough. And I'll, I'll make the dough, I put it in the fridge to chill it overnight, and I'll be going to the fridge four, five, six times with a little knife to cut off a, a piece of that cookie dough to eat as a snack. Uh, and, you know, I, I try and eat healthy and, and, and watch my weight and, and focus on, on performance, but I really struggle with eating the cookie dough and getting into the gingerbread candy um so a real failing of mine and and something i i need to work on um but yeah that's my fail of the week and then for me so we just finished 75 hard officially uh last weekend so sunday we were good I, we didn't really have anything but then we got into the gingerbread mm. baking supplies so we had a few Sour jubes here and there. So that's kind of my feel for the week. And they went well with the wine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's all we have this week. We'll be back again next week. If you like the podcast, please make sure you like, comment, and share. We're trying to grow it. Uh, we're going to keep on improving and, and getting making it better. So hopefully you enjoyed and have an awesome week. Thanks, guys. See you later.